0: Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas. And if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.
1: Hey, welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Yeah, we are on the money today. We're starting exactly on time. We are, we're moving and shaking. We are moving and shaking, and it's uh, Friday the 13th? Yeah. I almost didn't show up for this. Did you not? Instead, I, I have my rabbit's foot in my pocket. Okay. <laughs> my legs are crossed. Okay. And I drove on the other side of the road today, just to be sure. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, Taking yeah. no chances.
0: A- any idea of the history of Friday the 13th? Uh,
1: I'm guessing it has something to do with Freddy Krueger and like Slash slash movies
0: so those capitalized on it but um, uh it really it, it, there's some there's granted there's some mystery in this the, just the the number 13 is typically considered unlucky although that was my number in soccer in high school i was like "Oh, you
1: know uh, that's why you never went pro i'm gonna be 13 obviously why that's why that's pro. the only reason
0: um could have been better yeah and and 13 is traced to different things all the way from a norse myth involving loki The uh, the 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 other guy, guy. yeah, Yeah. um, to the, the whole idea of Jesus' last supper, there were 13 in the room, himself included in that. Uh, it, there, there's there's a lot of, of weird and wacky associations there. It wasn't really until the 19th century, so 1800s, that uh, that it came to be associated with Friday the 13th, uh, that Friday was unlucky. But but then you go to different cultures. So, uh, Pastor Rod, you may be uh, more familiar with this, but in the Hispanic culture, it's Tuesday the 13th, which is the unlucky day. <laughs> I, I don't
1: know about that. Hispanic and Greek culture, both of them. I have never heard of that once in my Hispanic life. Hey. Maybe in what? a prior life. <laughs> but not this one. They consider Tuesdays to be unlucky. i yeah, I love Tuesdays. Yeah. for the record. So I don't know if that's the thing, man. My family dis, like they disappoint me. They let me down. <laughs> they should have told you. They should it, have said. Something. Here's why we don't like Tuesday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, yeah, it's obvious. Just nonsense. If it, you know that's that's neither here nor there. Superstitions. It's, it's superstition. It's not anything for us to. Uh, To worry about as as Christians certainly, and 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 that's I think it was a recent podcast we brought up uh, astrology was yeah we did yeah. yeah. And, and that, you mentioned that, and, and I was even uh, t- looking at something else today, talking about that, and, and even some of the way some of this has crept into the church, and even the the whole enneagram thing, right? Oh, you're stepping on toes. Here we go. Well, here I, we go. It just it, it's 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 bordering on or is borrowing from a lot of the the same concepts and ideas, right? And it it, it just it, to to try to shoehorn something like that into the pages of scripture, uh, I. I I don't think it. I don't think it makes sense, personally. Personality tests or the Enneagram in particular. I, I think we can. The Enneagram in particular is what I'm talking about. Um, however. I do think the concept of the personality test too can be dangerous because the personality tests that are out there are not taking into consideration the fact that you are a spirit and dwelt believer who is progressively being sanctified to be made more like Jesus every single day of your life. So when we hang our hat in our identity on this is who I am because this personality test told me this is who I am, I, I, I just think it, it
1: undercuts the work that the spirit's doing in our lives. Yeah, I can see that. And I think... <laughs> I've, I've taken a few personality tests in my life and some of them are, are helpful insightful, <laughs> insightful, I suppose. Yeah. But I I could totally see where you're coming from. Some people can put so much stock into tell me who I am. And I mean, come on, we're, we're, we're naturally selfish creatures. We want to know about ourselves. Right. And so when we have a test that tells us, Oh, here, here's who you are. There's almost this, uh, I don't know this. I don't want to call it sinful, but there's a sense of like, Oh, tell me more what does my name mean and how does that speak into my future and and what is that? What am I, what am I, what's my astrology, right. astrology sign, uh, my sign. Yeah. Right. Uh, those things can be so, um, I don't know, they possess a sinful kind of allurement, I think. And that's what's so challenging because I think there's a bad expression of those things and there's maybe a healthy expression.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think the other thing is we can use it as an apology for what is a sinful disposition because I'm this number on the Enneagram scale or I'm this type of personality, you know, it's, it's like, well, that's just that this is who I am. No, We justify our sinful behavior. Exactly. Yeah. That that's what I'm driving at there rather than going, no, this is evidence of my flesh that I need to, to get rid of. This is not who I am. I'm not an Enneagram four or five or whatever it is on the scale. God doesn't look at me and say, there's PJ and Enneagram four. Mm-hmm. That's a nonsense. He looks at me and says, there's PJ. He's a new creation in Christ and he's my son and he's got flesh that he needs to put off i mean that that needs to be our focus not well does my parent my enneagram rating match up well with his or does uh, you know th- th- that's just it- it's a distraction i think at at, at its
1: best yeah that's see that's exactly what a seven would say i expect you to say <laughs> things like that And i'm just kidding i don't even know what the numbers <laughs> represent i did read one book about about the subject a while back it was okay. a, it was a positive book promoting its 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 utility and, and granted the book it had a christian slant on it in fact i think it's produced or by a christian publisher Um, however what i've heard and haven't done a lot of research in is that the enneagram itself actually has mystical foundation it comes from like oh they someone spoke to them you know it was a what do you call that when you're writing uh, and it's it's directed by something external to you there's a name for that. Mm. Anyway, that's the way it came about. So I've r- or heard or read, I don't recall what the source was, but there's always a danger to stuff like that and the problem is that we're we're hanging our hat on something that's not the word of God. That's really the the hard right. right. We're we're saying tell me world or tell me author of this great book about personality, who I am and how I should act. And ultimately, we need to put our stock in the word of God. Right. For sure. Absolutely. That's well said. Yeah. So uh Hopefully we didn't offend too many
0: people out there on that one.
1: And you know, honestly, part of the, part of our job as pastors is to offend in the right ways for the right reasons. Yeah. So if we did, we love you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we're not intentionally there's nobody that we're after
0: out there. Oh man, let's get this person today.
1: (laughs) Make sure you listen to the podcast today, bro. This is about you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, hey, let's jump into our Old Testament reading, Isaiah fifty through fifty two, and uh then we're gonna jump over and pick up first Thessalonians in chapter one. Hey, I'll give you a spoiler alert, we're not gonna make it all the way through fifty two in this episode because I I think there's a break that makes sense there. So You're gonna deliberately break up our Bible reading plan. I am going to exercise that pastoral right to do that. there's a right to do
1: this pastorally?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll get it someday. Okay. I'll, I'll commission you. <laughs> when there'll I be, grow up, there'll be a service. <laughs> it's a rebaptism. <laughs> wow. Yikes. Hey, Isaiah chapter 50. Okay. Um, buckle your seatbelts. Buckle your seatbelts. Yeah. Thus says the Lord, Zzz. where is your mother's certificate of divorce uh, with which I sent her away? And so God here is challenging the people who are questioning what God's doing and saying, hey, wh- where's the evidence of the fact that I've rejected you? yeah, you're, you're, there's discipline coming, there's suffering coming and, and Babylon is in your future like we talked about in recent episodes, but this does not mean that I've abandoned my people or that I've forsaken them anyway. So where in a permanent way? Right, in a permanent way. Right. Um, so where is this, this evidence of that? Um, verse four, the, the servant speaks. This is the, the servant, the Messiah. And there's a repeated phrase, uh, Pastor Raj, you pick up on it. It shows up four times there in, in verses four through nine or a title rather title yeah the lord god the lord god the lord god the lord god
1: oh okay so it's yeah, there, in it four, there in
0: four they're in five they're in seven and there in not and good, h- good this insight. is a pairing of adonai yahweh so this is both. Sometimes we see one or the other. Sometimes uh, a lot of times Yahweh in the Jewish uh, context and it still is today is pronounced as Adonai because they don't want to mispronounce the name of God. I think we talked about that before, but here you have both of them. You have Adonai Yahweh and it's emphasizing God's sovereignty here. And so uh, even as, as the, the servant speaks here, he's reminding in the way that he's addressing and speaking of the Lord, um, uh, the Lord God, the, the father of his sovereignty over all these things, um, and so the, the the servant speaks, and he is the one who has information, who has knowledge. He has uh, he has been taught as, or he has the tongue as one of those who is taught. In other words, he has the tongue of a disciple is another way to put that. Meaning, he has the knowledge because he's been given the knowledge. Uh, verse six, notice he says here, "I gave my back to those who strike, my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting." Um, Sounds familiar. Yeah, this is uh, an anticipation or forward looking, a future perfect, if you will, of um, the idea of the the servant. Suffering that that uh, we'll talk certainly more about when we get into chapter fifty three, um, but verse seven the lord god helps me therefore i have not been disgraced again first peter two twenty three: he continued in trusting himself to the one who judges justly even through the suffering uh, the, uh, the suffering servant the servant the, the messiah trusts in uh, yahweh and uh, and then that's the call at the end of chapter 50 here with this call that they should trust him as well as the servant has trusted them they should also trust and rely on him as well chapter 51 Chapter Fifty One. If you guys could be here to see what is unsaid in the the podcasting room, it, it's uh, it could fill a whole episode.
1: <laughs> no, someday we're gonna do video podcast. Someday we'll do it. We'll record ourselves as we do this, and you can just see all the fun body language that's exchanged between us. <laughs> My, I, my shock and appall the looks <laughs> my, look, my, my, my
0: favorite is when you cock your head to the side because like my, my, my puppy at home does that as well when he hears a noise that he's oh. never heard before he's like, <laughs> like wait, he turns his head and he's like I'm not
1: an innocent puppy I, I'm I sometimes I'm just thinking like right. oh, okay interesting let me let me chew on that right. a second
0: if you guys haven't spent time around Pastor Rod which is a shame you Whoa. need to Whoa. you need to invite him over to your house he, uh, he is the most one of the most authentic people I know and I mean that in a compliment way. I like, sure hope so. You I never, where this is going, you never have to wonder uh, what he's thinking. You know, you always know that at least he is thinking about something and sometimes it's the head <laughs> cock to the side going and, and uh, at times he'll look at me and, and, and kind of head cock to the side and give me a shrug other times the head cock goes to the side and then
1: he'll kind of nod his head in agreement after I get to where I'm trying to get to. I, I simply well see and that's part of the what's what's fun about this because so just so you guys know we, we talked about doing the podcast each from our offices and recording to like a like a server or something. Yeah, to, but to, we don't because it would be it would give us both access to our our computers and full and all that stuff but doing it in person presents opportunities like that, right? We right. can give each other feedback without actually having to say anything, which I do appreciate and enjoy.
0: I do too. I do too. Yeah. Hey, chapter 51. Pastor Rod, why don't you walk us through chapter 51? <laughs> okay. I, let me cock my head on this one. <laughs>
1: I, don't, I don't like the role reversal, man. I'd much rather do I do the head cocking. That's, that's my prerogative. Okay, so chapter 51, you have the Lord's comfort for Zion. So now what God wants to do is to help them feel his sense of nearness, to help them feel the sense of comfort. Remember, this whole section is about comforting God's people. And so it begins in verse one. It says, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, who seek the Lord, um, God is able. God is able to do what he promised to do. Look to Abraham your father. Look to look to Sarah. Be reminded about your history. That's so important. Think about this. So often we forget the historical references in our lives that God establishes, this is why I love journaling because we forget so quickly the things that God has done. That's why He has to say in verse three, "For the Lord comforts Zion; He comforts all her waste places, makes her a wilderness, makes her wilderness like Eden." In other words, look to your past to be confident in the future. Look to what God has done to see what God will do. Uh, in verse four, He starts and turns. He says, "Look, give attention to me, my people. Give." ear to me, my nation, which by the way, for God to say that is, is, is kind of a, an indictment already for God to say, please pay attention to me. Come on, listen to what I'm saying. Give me your ears. That's a failure on their part. Let it never be said of us compass. We want to be sure that we're always listening to his word and not having God to say, Hey, I'm, I'm knocking at the door. Why is Jesus outside of the church knocking at the door? No, he needs to pay attention to us. Rather, we need to pay attention to him and not have to do that. But in other words, he, he says, look, uh, my, my righteousness draws near. My salvation has gone out, verse 5, and my arms will judge the peoples. In other words, I will vindicate you. And specifically, I will vindicate my name. He says in verse six at the bottom, my salvation will be forever. My righteousness will never be dismayed. And you're going to see that echoed in the latter half of verse eight. In other words, God is saying, I'm bringing salvation. The the, the temporary earth will yield eternal salvation. Vindication is coming. And therefore, verse nine, you need to be, verse nine actually is Israel talking to God. Awake, awake, God, put on strength, O arm of the Lord awake as in the days of old so what you used to do god do again they're asking god they're inviting him to come and do to do these things and in verse 12 god answers and says i I am he who comforts you, which by the way, notice verse nine, awake, awake verse 12. God says, I, I, so he answers their double invitation with a, with a double response and says, I am the one who comforts you. I am going to do these things. I am going to respond as you need. In verse 17, he says this in response to their awake, awake in verse nine In verse 17. He says, wake yourself, wake yourself. You wake up, you wake up. Don't tell me to wake. I've been awake. I've done been awake. I'm woke. That's what God says. I'm woke. Whoa.
0: Whoa. <laughs> this is not endorsed at all. God.
1: Well, whoa in the center. head
0: I, I, is firmly cocked and being shooken <laughs> neck left and right.
1: God said I've been woke. Where you been? <laughs> Where you been? Okay. Okay. C- keep me on track. here, Patrick Pastor PJ. <laughs> God says, you need to wake up, Jerusalem. You need to recognize your God. It is, it is I who have been awake. You're the one who actually needs to wake up from your, your drunken stupor, which he says here in verse 17, um, you who have drunk from the hand of the Lord, the cup of his wrath, who have drunk to the dregs, the bowl, the cup of staggering. Um, God is saying, look, you're, you're the one who needs to wake up to what's happening here. In verse 19, he says, these two things have happened to you. Who's going to console you with these two things, devastation and destruction? The two D's here, famine and sword. Uh, everything that has happened is from his hand. He's doing it as a way to get their attention, to wake them up, in order that they might that they might hear him. And so, we uh, finally, here in the latter half or latter, latter few verses of verse chapter fifty one, uh, therefore hear this, you who are afflicted, who are drunk but not with wine, drunk because of his his uh, righteous indignation, drunk because of his wrath. He says, "Look, um, I I'm going to." Uh, middle of verse 22. Behold, I've taken from you the hand uh, from your hand, the cup of staggering, the bowl of my wrath. You shall drink no more. In other words, you're, you've paid it in full. You're, you're done. You're done suffering. But verse 23, I will put it into the hand of your tormentors. In other words, I'm going to pay back those who have paid you, uh, the through, uh, paid you the wrath that you've received.
0: Yeah. It, it, we talked about it. I think in, in, uh, either yesterday's episode or the one before that, the illustration of the mountain peaks. And this is a, a good, picture of that as well that Uh, there's these, these focal points of, of suffering, but then also of redemption here, and there's so much in between. It, it's good for us to remember chapters like this, the, the promises of God, and, and even the beginning of chapter 51 there, the focus is on the Abrahamic covenant, the promise that God has made to Abraham that he will bless all the families of the earth through him and that he will give them a land and everything else. That That's an unconditional promise of God, meaning that that's not contingent upon what Israel does or doesn't do. It's not contingent upon what you or 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 I do or do not do, mm-hmm. this is a promise that God has sworn by himself and he will fulfill it. And so there's a, an encouragement in that for us to know, hey, you know what? God is going to bring these blessings to bear. And Breach part of that is is what pastor i just read about that the cup of staggering that that cup there's not anything left it's been drained to the dregs and for us it's different because it's not because of exile that we've paid the fullness of that it's because that was paid by christ on our behalf right. on the cross um it, everyone has wrath being stored up uh, against them the wrath of god is being stored up against every person who sins against him the question is where will it be satisfied will it be satisfied on christ mm-hmm. uh, or will it be satisfied in eternity apart from him but yeah, there is comfort to be found in chapter 51. Chapter 52, then, awake, awake. Again, like Pastor Rod said, there's a, a double answer to the, the call of uh, of Israel, of the Israelites there. Hey, God, wake up. And God responds and says, you awake. And again, awake, awake, put on strength, O Zion, your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. And so the the focus here is, is yet forward again. And there's this verse, uh, pick up in verse 7 here, where uh, it's uh, coming off of a section de- describing the The deliverance of Egypt again, the the idea of the Exodus is back in view again. And he's he's reminding them of that and his deliverance. And then verse seven: How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says, "Desire your God reigns." Uh, Paul picks up on this in Romans ten for the the evangelist, the one that's going to come and, and proclaim the good news of salvation by faith alone in Christ alone. Uh, that is the gospel. And so there's a, a, a echo there that that Paul picks up on here. It's the good news that end of verse nine, the Lord. Has comforted his people and redeemed Jerusalem. He did bear his holy arm, verse 10. So in, in chapter 51, the, they said, Lord, show us your arm, which was a that's a, a reference that we don't often talk about very much. It, it suns out, guns out. We kind of have a, a modern-day, <laughs> I guess, expression of it. But the, the arm was the, the the might, the strength of the, the leader. And so they're asking God to do that. In verse 10, the prophet says he has done that. He's done that before the eyes of all nations. The ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. One more repetition petition here depart depart go out from there and do not touch any unclean thing again the idea here is of the exodus leave behind the nations and enter into the promised land that god has for you and so it's that forward-looking anticipation for god's ultimate deliverance and we're gonna stop in verse 12 what yep Yep, we're going to stop in verse 12 based on your pastoral authority. Based on that. I yep. want to see the license for well, this. Well, uh, and the fact that these chapter divisions are not inspired. So, that's a good call. Yeah. So, uh, we'll pick up on in verse 13 and following tomorrow and I think you'll see why once you get to that that section of reading, but it's an unfortunate chapter break. It is. It's an unfortunate chapter break. But hey, let's turn over to our New Testament. Uh this is not an unfortunate chapter break because this is a new book. So oh. if, if this was uh, Colossians five, um, then trouble. we were in trouble again, as Pastor Rodda said, you need to get rid of your Bibles that, uh, if you have a Colossians five, we'll give you one, we'll give you, we will help you yeah. in your, in your pursuit of a new Bible that has first, that's one instead of Colossians five. Yeah. So this is written to the church of Thessalonica. I, I mean, I was thinking about it as I was reading in, in prep for this, uh, episode, this may be my favorite church in the the new Testament Thessalonica the Thessalonian church wow I just they've got so much commendable about them and I uh, just I like I like this church I like Paul's affection for this church too that comes out in this letter they are highly commended that's for sure he the, yeah in the whole concept of excel still more right don't, yeah, don't I don't rest like on your laurels I let's like that let's keep going Um, Yeah. Hey, verse uh, four of chapter one, we know brothers loved by God that he has chosen you. Well, well, why do you know that? Because they're all saying, hey, we go to church
1: and we're Christians. No. They go to Compass Bible Church in Thessalonica. Exactly. And that's why.
0: No, it's because verse five, our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and the Holy Spirit with full conviction. In other words, you're bearing fruit and you're showing and you're evidencing the effect of the gospel in your lives. And so that's a hallmark of this church in Thessalonica there that. They were doing well. They were living out their faith in a, in a commendable way. And Paul's saying, that's how we know that you've been chosen by God. It's because the gospel didn't just come to you in word. You weren't just sitting there nodding your heads in agreement. And meanwhile, like the Corinthian church, maybe harboring sin in your midst. This is powerful. It's showing up. It's manifesting itself in your fruit that you're bearing in your, your life and how you're responding. And that's where our confidence lies. And, and for parents, we've, we've talked about this before, I think, but when you've got kids that are expressing uh, an interest in, in the gospel and salvation, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Um, but when you think about, uh, th- that, that, testimony or that profession of faith this is a good example of what we're talking about here when we say hey let's let's hold off on things like baptism and being too quick to confirm something because we want to have that confidence that God has indeed saved them not just because of the word of the gospel but because we
1: see the fruit of the gospel in their lives which I would also point out to notice here that the the response is in conjunction with in association with the word of God it's the gospel it's uh, it's it's the, the preaching of apostle Paul and others that brings the full conviction the Holy Spirit's working through his word so when you want to see fruit in someone's life you're always going to see it in conjunction with the word of god
0: yep and that fruit shows up in the end of chapter one where he says, look, here's what you've been doing. You've turned to God from idols to serve him and to wait for his son from heaven. And so that's the, mm. that's the, the posture is, uh, is there's evidence because they're saying, look, the things I used to worship, I'm done with that. Now I'm going to worship God. I'm repenting. I'm bearing fruit and keeping with repentance. And now I'm going to wait for him to come back. And what are they doing in the meantime? Well, if you look right above that in verse eight, the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we don't even
1: have to say. i want our church to have that recommendation or that commendation so much so everyone knows about compass because they love the lord right the power of his spirit working through them through the word Right. right bring it lord one of the reasons why i love the church in thessalonica hey join us again tomorrow for another episode of the daily bible
0: podcast and we'll be back see you tomorrow